tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. It's the podcast for a uh, Friday, whatever the hell date it is. Um, of course, all that 25th, is kind of, 25th, Bob. Well, that's sort of irrelevant, John, because people listen to this uh, or watch this uh, whenever the hell they want, right? Okay. So it's November 9th. No, it's not <laughs> November 9th. Honest to Rudy. Uh, that is John Shannon there, who needs no introduction. I'm Bob McCowan. I probably do. Uh, joining us, a couple of hockey pucks, Al although they claim to know um, plenty about baseball. We will expose that over the next uh, 30 or so minutes. Um, Terry Koshin of the uh, Toronto Sun is with us. Mike Zeisberger of NHL.com. Uh, greetings, salutations to you both. Let us start with hockey. Uh, the, uh, uh, as we sit here, the uh, uh, Stanley Cup final is at 2-1 Tampa. Am I wrong, John? You're correct, Bob, and, and by the time people listen to this, it might be over. Could be. Um, nonetheless, it would appear that the worm has turned slightly. Um, Stamkos has a little bit to do with it, I suppose, but um, what's the difference between game one and games uh, two and three? Terry, to you first. Well, the, the Tampa Stars have just taken over uh, Kucherov and Point specifically and Hedden's been there all I mean they've all been there all along but you know Stamco's coming back in, in game three like you did Bob uh, I don't know that Tampa necessarily needed a boost by any sense but I think they got that I mean we saw the reaction when Stamco scored on the bench it was like they had won the game yeah and for all intents and purposes at that point they did but uh, I have a lot of respect for Dallas and a lot of respect for the goaltender but Tampa's got the star power and uh, you know there's some great demon on Dallas but when those Tampa people take over up front, uh, they're difficult to stop. And I think we'll see that for the rest of the series. Too. Z, your thoughts? Yeah, I, you know, I picked Tampa before the season to make the final and win the cup. Now, then again, I picked them the previous two years and look at how that worked out. But uh, I just think they're a much deeper team. And I think, you know, it was very, very smart on the, on the part of uh, GM Julian Brisbois to understand that, yeah, it's great to have talent, but you need those muckers, the grinders, the sandpaper guys. And the fact that they went out and got a Patrick Maroon, a Barkley Goodrow, a Blake Coleman, you see what those guys have brought to the table. And every time I watch Tampa, which has morphed from pretty much a one-dimensional team, much like the way that we have in Toronto, um, to a team that can play, if you want to play a little more in the dirty areas, they can do that better now. And I think that we, we've seen that in the playoffs, that when their star players are either hurt or negated, the kind of lunch bucket guys, so to speak, have stepped up and, and, and really helped this team. And I think that, uh, you know, um, the people 
uh, in and around the Maple Leafs could learn a lesson by the blueprint that Tampa has used. You know, the inter- interesting part about what Tampa's done, and I, I, I do think that, uh, you know, that they've learned that depth wins championships. And, and, I mean, how many times do you say that in 60 years when you look at how championship teams have been put together? Um, but the Stamco situation for me is interesting. Now, we're, we're not in the bubble. We're not in the arena. We can't feel the tangible part. But in many ways, I, I, I think Steven Stamkos, for the two minutes and 47 seconds he played in game three, I think it was a really good distraction for Tampa. And, and, I, and I, I don't mean that in a, in, a, uh, in a negative sense. As much as I do is that so much time and effort was focused on Steven Stamkos. John Cooper could worry about the rest of the team because everybody wanted to talk about Stamkos. You saw that in the post-game uh, uh, press conferences where there were, if there were 15 questions, 12 were for Steven. And God bless him for answering all 12. And then Victor Hedman and Nikita Kucherov sat there and said, okay, great. We don't have to worry about doing this stuff anymore because Steven's here to do it for us. And they can go about their, their merry way of being, the, as Terry said, two of the best players in the tournament on their way to winning the Stanley Cup. I think what was interesting for me too was uh, Dallas knew that he was going to play. Uh, you know, Rick Bonus knows them. They knew they knew that he was going to come back and play. And even for that 247 that he played in five shifts, they had no answer for him. You know, they knew he was playing. And then that set the tone for the rest of the game. Well, one thing I'll say, Bob, is when, when Steven was, was on the limp, um, there was probably uh, not – your golf course was probably not as crowded because he wouldn't be playing. <laughs> yeah, but he's – he has taken up full-time residency in uh, the Tampa area since he was uh, he became um, attached. I don't is he married or is he just yeah. you know he just he had a kid I think in the last year or so. Well, his wife did actually. Well, thanks, John. Yes, number yeah, one, well, his wife probably had the baby. Yeah. Uh, secondly, uh, marriage is come not on, pre- Mike. Come on, Mike. You got to get back on the trail here because marriage is not here. a prerequisite for having children. You should know that. He hasn't called me an idiot in the first ten minutes, so well, he's off. Game. You know what? It's, it's, well, it's I'm getting closer. The it's more you early. talk, the more likely that is to happen. You know that, Z. <laughs> um, look, I want to address the television ratings. Um, uh, and you know, before we started, we were we were chatting a bit about Keith Pelly being on on the program earlier this week and his declaration that his 5.2 billion dollar deal for Sportsnet actually was a good deal. I think and it was too. Who, and it was. Too, he thought it was too short, actually. Yeah. Well, you know, if it was 18 years for 5.2 billion, it would have been a better deal. Having said that, um, television ratings. I, I don't know how else to categorize them other than abysmal. Mm-hmm. And and we know that uh, some of this is due to the matchup. Uh, Dallas is a good team, but not a team with profile. Um, and Tampa has been a long-time good team who has always managed to fall on their sword at some point over the course of uh, the proceedings. What do you think all this means, ultimately, not for Sportsnet specifically, but for the National Hockey League? Terry? I don't know what it means, Bob, for the future. Well, for the future, I just I look at it this way. This is a unique season, and uh, you're going to get some unique ratings, I think. And one thing we, have, we always have to take into consideration is – you have so many other things going on right now. And I know that sure. 
I know you do in normal times as well, but you know what I think what you say about uh, uh, the matchup is key. And would, would, would we be seeing similar ratings if there's a Canadian team here? I don't think so. Uh, no, of course. If Sidney Crosby was playing right now, probably not. But uh, you know, whether Stamkos being out, I don't know how, how much that has to do with it. But uh, you, you look at the uniqueness of this and, and everything else, and uh, the time of year, I suppose, and, and that factor. But I, I think it boils down to what you uh, said off the top. Dallas doesn't have that attraction, doesn't have it to me, even though they are where they are. And Tampa doesn't uh, necessarily have that as well. And, and this is what the ratings are. It, but again, I, I think you have to look at the bigger picture here and, and realize that uh, I don't necessarily think this is a foreboding for what's going to come from the NHL once things, quote unquote, get back to normal. Well, John, you know that you know the numbers better than anybody. I think it was around a million for game one and around 700,000 for game two, something like that. Yeah, it, it, and, yeah a, and, a million for their regular Saturday night window, which, I mean, if they don't get a million, that would be a huge story. And then it was 841 for game two. Um, and and the, the the ratings actually have been a little slower to arrive. I think that the, this this week than before, simply because I think they're trying to keep the numbers away from people. Because well, I would be too if they were crappy like yeah. that. I'd be the hiding it is, under the rug. The other Look thing at, is, is there's viewers. Hey, second, I, 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 I know, I know, I know. You wanna you wanna endorse the National Hockey League? No, I don't. No, no. I actually I don't. Bob, for I don't. them. Here's the truth. The, you know, if you can't get two million for a Stanley Cup final, something's wrong, and and there should be games where they're where they're getting. My apologies. There should be games where they're getting three million, four million, five million. Yes, hey, that's a that's a five dollar fine, by the way. That's a five dollar fine, right there. Okay, Torts. Hey, no, the, 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 I I actually think there's a, a a really big factor of viewer fatigue right now. Simply because we've watched too much hockey. Uh, and and I, I, I'm speaking from personal <laughs> situation too. I mean, we've been watching since August the 1st. I mean, I watched five games a day. Uh, and, 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 and not only that, every game looks the same. Um, you know, the, the, we got twelve well, yeah, it's guys. The same on the arenas ice. with nobody in them. Yeah, I get well, it. and the and the same pageantry and the same everything. I mean, the same big video walls. Everything is looking the same. And I think that if if you go long term, you're gonna uh, you're gonna say, hey, we have to find a way to to create personality within those arenas. If the if we have this issue next year, and I think there's a a very good chance that we're gonna have to start the season somehow, some way with empty arenas. I think we're gonna. The NHL is gonna have to identify how do we how do we create more personality? How do we create more a more positive environment for the game rather than just worrying about two hundred by eighty five? And I do think that that I think what's finally happened is I think people are finally realizing how important you know the personality of the crowd and the personality of those arenas is no, to being a so. viewer. To being a viewer, I think it's viewer. Well, I think viewer, and we've also got one extra round of hockey. People are tired of watching hockey right now. I really believe I, it. I go back to, to Terry's point, though. Uh, I mean, this week alone, I mean, you've got if you're if you're a multi-sports fan, you've got LeBron James playing. You got the kid from Kitchener playing for Denver. You just got the Toronto Blue Jays uh, clinching a playoff spot as bastardized as as that setup and the system is. Um, you know, you've got the NFL starting. So mm -hmm. I think 
there, you know, a lot of wor worlds are colliding right now. And you add that to the fact that, no, Dallas is not a sexy team. And I think that all plays into it. I, I think, too, one thing, a couple of things that kind of surprised me in this is, is, yeah, John, a lot of hockey, you're right. We've been inundated with it since August 1. But the, the thing for me is, if you're a fan right now and, and you're not watching these games, when the hell are you going to see NHL hockey again? No one can say. I mean, the question was brought up with Gary Bettman last Saturday. Are we looking possibly at next September? You know, before we see the NHL again, I think that has to be brought into it. I just think there's a little surprise to me that as much as we've been watching, people aren't taking advantage of this opportunity now because we don't know when, when, when we're going to see it again. And one thing I'll say too about the uh, the blandness of it, I agree completely. Because one thing I noticed when I've you know you watch the Jays, you watch uh, I was watching a lot of the Raptors um, until they were eliminated. I haven't watched much NBA since was the fake fans in the buildings, if you're just kind of, you know, you've got the TV on the background, you're glancing over a few times, there is something a little more to that. And, uh, you know, baseball, you you know, you're seeing them behind on plate and all this sort of thing. But in hockey, there's just that, you know, the, like the almost the vastness of these coverings of the seats that uh, sort of yeah. take away from it. But I, I'm just surprised that with the ratings are where they are, given that we don't know possibly after Saturday when yeah. we're going to see these guys again. Well, at the end of the day, the, the numbers are crappy. And, um, yeah, we, we can all surmise as to what the reasons might be. And I don't think any of us know for sure. Look at the Probably. Raptors. Are, are the Raptors are out of it. Mm -hmm. um, and I would have thought that the ratings, you know, I would think that there are fans of the Raptors and hockey yeah. in this country and that when the Raptors leave, they're, they're going to stop watching basketball. And I think there's – there's merit to that. There are a lot more Raptor fans than there are basketball fans. Absolutely. Yep. Right? Yeah, so, I mean, we're talking about 200. Well, basketball right now is, in our country, is at about 250,000 viewers per game. That's it. Well, un until you get to the postseason. I mean, the Toronto Raptors drew, what's uh, four, five, seven yeah. million in the, in the final last year. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, but again, I understand. They're not necessarily basketball fans. They're just clingers on you know they'll watch anything that's that's current and, and allegedly big and canadian but but that not whatever that number is didn't transgress over to um over to hockey so there there is something here and if i'm if i'm sportsnet if i'm gary bettman um i'm scratching my head they're doing the best they can with what they've got yeah but so is everybody else yeah. Baseball's playing in front of no fans. Um, basketball's playing in front of no fans. And the National Football League is playing in front of a maximum of six or 7,000 fans in, in the stadium, which has negligible impact on the, on the feeling. Something's going on, and uh, I'm not sure what it is. If it isn't, simply the matchup. Um, I think the frustration – you talk about – no, just about the matchup. I, I think there's a real frustration – because Dallas should be a, a, a bigger draw. When yeah. you look at the stars on that team, um, pardon the pun, but when you look at the stars on that team, uh, if they played anywhere else, if they played on a Canadian team, we, we would be talking about – I mean, Jamie Benn almost signed with Vancouver before this contract he's under now. But you are it, missing it, the would, point. Would, I, I don't want I I, I to bring the other guys in this conversation, but you are missing the point here. The point is that hockey fans peripherally know who these guys are. 
it's the it's the casual hockey fan that jumps oh, no, you're, in at no, the you're playoff bang time, on. and they you're got no on. idea. They have no history with this Dallas team. They yeah. don't know who Ben is. They don't know who any of the players are. And more importantly, they don't care. Z, you're smiling. Well, no, there is some some fact to that because a guy, you look to John's point, a guy like Nero Heiskin and the way that he's played, um, you know, you can argue if there's one player on the on the stars right now, who would their leading candidate for the comps might be? It would either be Kadobin or Ben or Heiskin. Um, and yet they have done, you know, they really haven't done a very good job of, of, of marketing these young guys. So, you know, you look at a guy like Quinn Hughes in Vancouver and the market that he plays in, is Quinn Hughes better than Heiskanen? I don't really think so, at least not this point in his career. But because of where he's playing, um, the average fan doesn't really know who this kid is. Well, <laughs> even the hockey, even some hockey fans don't know who he is. Terry, walk down the street, uh, walk down Young Street and ask people randomly who Heiskanen is. Well, yeah. You're not going to get a big response. No, I, I, I think it – I really do think a lot of this has to do with the matchup like we're talking about. And uh, like I said, Heiskanen has barely been in the league as much of a, you know, a star that we think he's going to be. Mm-hmm. And again, uh, Jamie Benn, uh, you know, Tyler Sagan, who's been missing in action for the most part, these guys don't have the cachet of other people in the National Hockey League, and certainly not of, uh, you know, Braden Point and Nikita Kucherov. Still, we're not seeing overall the ratings anyway. But, it, yeah, it, but I, even, I'm, with Robin. I'm not sure what, what exactly it is, but it, it shouldn't, they shouldn't be where they are right now, period. Uh, you, you, even even the, the Points and the Kucherovs don't get near the acclaim, in our country at least, that they deserve. Victor, well, Hed- they, they, Victor Hedman's the only guy on that team that I think, and, and for lots of reasons, Victor Hibben's the only guy on that team that every, I think everybody who would be walking down Young Street, they asked who Victor Hedman was. They'd say, well, he's that big dude that plays for Tampa. Right. He's right. a sick guy that looks like Thor, yeah. <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe Toronto fans will be happy that a blue and white team gets to raise that damn thing this week. Who knows? We'll see. Yeah, wrong, wrong blue, wrong place, wrong. wrong Boy, wrong Terry, that is, that is wishful thinking, Terry. Holy folks. <laughs> yeah. What uh, is that? What uh, is you, that? you know what it's funny? You know what it's funny? Zai's brought up the Leafs earlier and this whole uh, Alex Petrangelo thing and the, the depth that Tampa has now, and you look at the uh, the depth charts that are put together when people put Petrangelo on it and forward. Yeah. Not even close to what Tampa's putting on the ice now. There's a lot of work to be done here in Toronto. Do you have any other hockey things you want to discuss, Shannon, or uh, can we move to nope. baseball a little bit? Let's let's go to the, uh, the team that's going to the postseason. Yeah, well, the Toronto Blue Jays last night beat the uh, New York Yankees 4-1 to and um, uh, managed to uh, find themselves in the postseason. And actually, they, they, they aren't necessarily the eighth seed. Uh, they could run the table, and the Yankees could lose two or three on the weekend, and um, the Blue Jays would not be eighth. I'd like to tell you where they'd be, but I'm not sure. Um, I'd like to avoid playing Tampa Bay, that's for sure. In baseball, yeah, um, and we got to yeah. be careful here because we yeah, got two no, Tampa teams. Yeah, but I'd like to avoid being. I'd like to avoid playing the Rays. Well, which occurs to me, life is pretty good if you live in Tampa right now, right? <laughs> uh, you got, you got uh, Tom Brady too. You got Tom Brady, and you got uh, two teams: uh, one going to the playoffs, and one in the fi- the final. Pandemic Having... notwithstanding. Sorry, say again. 
pandemic notwithstanding. I don't think they care about the pandemic in Tampa. I, I, don't, I don't think they're smart enough to understand that this is a serious thing and that they should stay inside. Uh, having said that, you know, we're not talking about the intelligence level of, of, of Tampa Bay area people. We're talking about the sports innuendo here. Yep. Um, what the hell does this mean to the Toronto Blue Jays longer term? Um, a little bit of success is always perceived as a good thing because you can build on it. Is if you get wiped out by the Rays um, with your ace and somebody named who pitching second, um, is there a benefit here? Yeah, definitely. And I think the benefit is if you look what this team has gone through, and I'm not, not the people running it because I thought that was chaotic from the get-go. Um, the fact that where are they going to play and, and having to scramble around and that there weren't more contingency plans in place. But this is a young team. They come, they're in Dunedin and people catch COVID um, in, their, in their party. They come to Toronto thinking that that's where they're going to play. Then they're told the last second, no, you're not going to play there. And that's not their fault. That's not their fault, though, Mike. No, it's not their fault. But what I'm saying, John, is that they deserve credit. The young guys on this team, because they weren't went through a lot of crap, okay, with because of bad organization uh, by the people you know above them, mm -hmm. and they never used it as an excuse. It looks like it's bonded them together, and you know I I gotta say I mean, you know we've all watched a lot of baseball. I may have never seen a team that runs the bases worse, that is as bad at fielding as they are, and somehow they overcome that too and make the playoffs. I mean, you know what? It, it's, must, it's a must-watch team because you want to see if they're going to win and you want to see if, if and how they're going to screw up differently. And they've been able to do this too with one of their, you know, the top young stars, budding stars at first base. Oh, you know, Vladdy Guerrero, a bit of an adventure every night. Now, I don't want to say, look, a lot of teams are getting in. I mean, the Jays are, what, three games over 500. So, yep. you know, you know the playoff doors are a little more wide open this year in MLB. But, uh, you know, they, they persevered. So, I'm with you on that. And uh, getting back to the original question, Bob, I mean, they get their doors blown off. I still think it'll be, if, if that happens, you know, Ryu's going in game one, and that necessarily might not happen. But, uh, you know, it's going to be a great – I think a good learning experience for these youngsters doing it together. You know, you compare them to the hockey team down the street and uh, you know, they, they think that it's, it's, it's going to do something for them in the long run as well. We'll have to see, but I mean, these guys, uh, a lot of them played the minors together, the stars, um, yeah. you know, and, and in a short series too, where you gets that win in game one, man, everything oh, yeah, yeah, there's able. a chance, happen, you know, but, but the, to your point, Terry, what benefit has it been to the Toronto Maple Leafs to make the playoffs for the last how many years and get bounced out in the first round? Well, yeah, it hasn't been. You're right. But uh, maybe to a, to a degree, we're, we're, we're comparing apples and oranges. I mean, it's uh, – I, I don't know. It hasn't been. But I, I think that for the, for the Jays, the circumstances right now and, uh, you know, not even playing at home and this sort of thing, um, never mind the same country, I, I think it could be a benefit going forward for sure. I, I, Go ahead, I Mike. I find it fascinating that – you know what? Who would have thought, like, like post-2016 baseball season, that 
you know, if the Jays somehow win their first round series, that back in 2016, somebody would have said, you know what? The Toronto Blue Jays, who are blowing this thing up, are going to win a playoff series before the Toronto Maple Leafs. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know what? I mean, not to bring it back to hockey, but I think that's... Pretty shocking, that, wouldn't it? Yeah, it's very shocking. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. But you know what, Bob? It's also realistic. I mean... Oh, yeah. I don't disagree with you. Well, I mean, the the Blue Jays at least have a chance yeah. to accomplish that. Um, I don't think any of us believe that it's likely, and pr- principally because Tampa will throw out three front-of-the-line oh, pitchers. Pitcher. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. And the Toronto Blue Jays simply cannot do that. But anything, you know, theoretically, anything can yeah. happen. Just a couple of side notes that not necessarily with the, with this roster. For me, if this team was playing here in front of people, how much of a hero would Alejandro Kirk be? Is he? I mean, I think there he's one of those kids that people are would just lean on to and love yeah. having around. And the other thing was that if, if and we've all been to Buffalo a lot, Buffalo for all intents and purposes has, has for the longest time been a Yankee town or a Met town, simply because of cable television. They get the Mets and they get the Yankees. And, and we've always wondered why it wasn't a Blue Jay town. Why couldn't it be? I mean, we're, we're, we're not that far away. Now the AAA team is there. And so the Blue Jays have an opportunity to play in Buffalo and the frustration of not having anybody in the, in the building to watch this team it's, it's an opportunity lost to grow the fan base of the Toronto Blue Jays. Although I do think there's a lot more interest in the Blue Jays now because they actually did play games in Buffalo. And I think that's a positive for this hockey, baseball club. Agreed. Agreed. Fans are not, you know, I think they have taken notice there. And, uh, you know, it is a bit of a surprising thing. You know, John, you talk about the, the, the fan uh, the, the fan interest there in the Yankees and the Mets and everything, everything. I've been to a few Bisons games over the years and, one of those things you could sit around or walk around that stadium, sit wherever you want. There's nobody there, but uh, you know, we'll see if this we'll see if this has a long-lasting effect in Buffalo. Well, um, if if they were in a position to have fans in Buffalo, they wouldn't be in Buffalo. They'd be in Toronto. Yeah, that's probably the answer to it. So I think. Mm, it, well, not necessarily because we we wouldn't be able to get across the border still. Because no, 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 no. I'm saying, you know, you're. If there were, I know. You know I, I don't know, even want to argue this. It's so, such a stupid point that you've made, John. The, I think that, it was a really good point, Bob. You know, I know, but to... you're the only. And you're the only one in no, existence. Terry and you're Mike the only one of the me. four no, of Terry us. Terry and Mike agreed. I no, saw they... them nod. I saw them nod. <laughs> well, they're sucking up for reasons that are inexplicable. Me, so. Um. And, and who gives a crap with it, whether they like it or don't like it in Buffalo? You know, it's a place to play. And, um, yeah. It made that really ballpark look pretty darn good, I think. Hey, at least the Toronto team finally wins in Buffalo because we know the hockey team hasn't since, what, 1971? Okay, punch. Okay, punch. Very well said, though, I think. I think. 
Uh, now they're going to go into a bubble, right, for the uh, the playoffs. In, uh, no, well, the, the wild the wild card will will be played uh, in in the higher seed, the the two out of three, and then they go to yeah. a bubble either in uh, San Diego or Arlington or, or Fort, Dallas Fort Worth. I think. So. Is there any merit to this? I mean, it makes it a little bit easier, but um, kind of like closing the barn door after the chickens have all run away. Isn't I think it? what it See? does do is it saves a ton of money. It saves a ton of money. Well, it saves travel dollars, I guess. Yeah. And, and, and don't forget right now your, your number one revenue or your number one cost is television. And now you only have to do two setups. You only have to do two stadiums. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that good. He's for the, always uh, going to speak like the guy in the truck, Bob. Come on. Oh, I know. And, and you know, who gives a flying fado about the, about the TV networks and, and, and whether they're making money or not making money. They're a, they're a bunch of idiots. They that's deserve the only, to lose their ass. That's the only reason all these sports are being played is for the TV networks yeah, and their well, sponsors. That's the only reason why the hockey season is being finished. That's the only reason why yeah, the NBA yeah, yeah, season yeah, yeah, is being yeah. finished. They have contracts. They're, you can say now that we played all these games. We delivered all the content to you. Write the check. That's the only reason we're doing this. Well, that's a function of the leagues um, with the beneficiary being the television networks or at least indirect beneficiary being the television networks. It's not the networks themselves. And look, I mean, it's a topic for another time. But, I mean, I'm sitting here watching all this that's going on in this pandemic, watching television numbers that are nowhere near where we would have anticipated. We have nowhere to go. We're sitting at home. We're mm. drinking more booze than ever before. Uh, wine sales are up 40% worldwide. There's, we're, we're, we're tired of dealing with our spouses, those of us that have them. And, 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 and the kids are driving us nuts. And you can't get a way to go anywhere and do anything. So all we have is the damn television and, and all these games, and we're not watching them. And so there's something inherently wrong here. In oh, this hold on, no, hold on. We, we, went through, we went through this once before. No, we didn't. Yes, we did. When rate, TV ratings took a plummet in 2016 because people got glued to their televisions to watch one man. And you know this, Bob. He changed the viewing habits for three months, and it's happening again. Well, um, it is. Half of, it half, is. Of, half of America is watching. I wouldn't waste five seconds watching that dope. Now, here, but here's the point, and I'm interested in you guys and in the panel's comments on this are we once again projectedly headed for pay television watch like getting stuff off of general networks and starting to say you know if you want to watch this you're going to have to pay for it separately i i thought that era had passed to tell you the truth but now i'm wondering whether there, it might not make a comeback Terry, you got any thoughts on that? Well, I mean, you look at other forms of, of television and, and the way people are watching things like Netflix and other subscription. Uh, sure. I mean, you know, you're, you're, it's not a big fee to pay monthly for these sorts of things. And I think a lot of the eyeballs have gone there. Now, part of this, my thinking on this too, Bob, is that I, obviously that each league is going to sit back and say, okay, where, where could we have done better TV-wise, rating-wise, and everything else? I also think there's probably a little bit of it in each sport that's saying, let's get, let, just getting through these seasons and getting things on the field and on the rinks, 
was enough of an accomplishment. You know, the NHL, for example, not one COVID positive in this bubble, in either bubble, for as long as it was, gets through all of this. And I think they're going to have to sit back and, re, you know, reorganize and look at everything from a, from a longer view when it's all done. But, um, again, concerns, yes. But, uh, you know, if, if, if we're seeing the, the TV watching or computer watching, we're ever doing it on your phone, going in another direction, in a further direction with all these subscription things that we see, why not sports then eventually? I mean, you think it's going that way. A lot of people, how many people don't have cable anymore and still have it just for belief games or whatever else? And I think, I think it could go that way for sure. But again, you're, they're going to look at it with a long view this year and, and, and uh, perhaps throw the asterisk on it for everybody and, and see where it goes from here. See? Well, I, you know, I agree. And I, I think it goes by sport by sport. I mean, first of all, I mean, the fact that we even have sports, I mean, I remember um, texting with John, like within a week or two before uh, or after the pandemic hit. And we were both thinking like when the ideas of, of live sports came up, it's like, what kind of idiotic concept is that? Like, I mean, we got bigger things to worry about. The fact that they pulled this stuff off to me is, is, you know, um, it, it's incredible. But um, I think it goes with every sport, Bob. Like, I mean, I still remember a few years ago that the Blue Jays were playing Texas in the first round of the playoffs. And it was early in the hockey season. We were in Detroit. I was at the Renaissance Center. The Blue Jays game was on FS1. That is how Major League Baseball chose the outlet to choose who was going to broadcast that series. I could not get that station in my hotel. So I, you know what? I could be in Canada and watch a Blue Jays game in Texas in the playoffs, but I'm in the U.S. and can't see it. And that's, you know, so for me, every sport is, 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 is unique that way. Um, but when you have something like Major League Baseball that, that's handing it out to so many different branches then maybe it is time, uh, you know, where uh, paying to watch is going to come back because at least you have that option. Because, you know, how many people in the States have FS1? I don't know, but I don't think oh, it's, yeah. it's as big as ESPN or anything like that. Oh, no, God, no. But, I mean... Hey, oh listen, they, they, all, those, all those networks have seen a drop in their subscriptions. ESPN when you know, not that long ago, yeah. we were talking close to 100 million homes. Now, I think it's in the 80s, you know? I mean, so things have, things have really changed. I, I, I think when you look at certain sports, I think, I think they're a fact of life that we are going to see that, you know, if you have the over-the-air tier, you have the cable tier, you're gonna see the digital tier, you're gonna see internet sports. You're not going to see it in the National Football League. You know, yep. they're, 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 I mean, the stories now are that Fox is going to spend $2 billion for rights per season in wow. the next contract. What uh, I mean, so so, so it, it depends on the urgency of, of the sport that's trying to find another level of revenue. I, you know, the NHL, I mean, is, is going to, in two years, is going to have a new deal in the United States. And there's no doubt that it's, it's going to be a three-tier deal. It's going to be NBC. It's going to be probably ESPN. And then there's going to be some digital tier. 
whether it's DAZN or Yahoo right. or Google or Amazon, there is going to be there's going to be a night that is going to be dedicated to your computer to watch the watch the sport or to your big screen if you've got Apple TV type thing. And John, I think you brought a great up great point there that uh, when you bring up DAZN, I mean. You don't have to be a soccer fan in this country, but, you know, uh, two, three years ago, uh, Saturday mornings, the, my friends that are big into the Premier League, uh, you know, they put on Sportsnet, there you go. That's your yeah. Saturday morning. Yeah. You can't see a single Premier League game now unless you have DAZN. That's right. Yeah. And it's working. If you want it, then they say, okay, show us the money. I wonder too if any of this, just going back to the whole ratings issue through the pandemic is one thing we were told or a lot of the players saying to us, I'm just talking NHL wise, before all this happened, uh, phase two, phase three was, it'll give people a sense of normalcy again to be watching sports. I don't necessarily see that because what we're watching isn't normal. No fans, everything else. And then, you know, you can't walk 10 feet outside your house to have a reminder that nothing is normal. And just because we're watching sports on TV, I don't necessarily have the sense, even watching it, covering it, getting into a rink myself. I mean, as we saw what it was like here in Toronto, nothing normal about it. It just, I don't, I don't think that that line of thinking went to as far as uh, some of these leagues thought it was going to. Uh, interesting stuff. We covered a little bit of ground here uh, today. Uh, we thank you both uh, for uh, taking time for us. And uh, hopefully you'll uh, find some time in your schedule down the road to join us again. Thanks, Thanks guys. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Steve. Greetings and, and, and th salutations, Bob. Thanks for having thank us. You for, thank you for agreeing with me most of the time. That's great because <laughs> that, that I don't get happen. any help. I do not get any help from McCowan. John, that did not happen, to, and everybody can attest to that. Nobody wants to listen or watch you if you're agreeing with Bob. <laughs> I feel the same way about his eyes, John. So. <laughs> That's good. All right. <laughs> uh, just, just for your attention, it appears I will be doing this podcast alone on Monday. Really? And so uh, be prepared for that. Oh, you're back to the 10-minute show, huh? No. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. I'm going to do five hours, John. Oh. I'm going to do it without you. That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> All right. Uh, I would pay to see that. <laughs> good. Send your check. <laughs> Paper Bob. Um, uh, uh, have a great weekend, boys. And uh, uh, everybody watching or listening, same thing. Uh, we'll see you Monday. Bye-bye. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.